Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. UK getting serious about timestables, lack of funding for Discoculia research, Discoculia or just anxiety, Discoculia and photography, oh the memories. This is our podcast for week 38 in 2017 and we welcome Dr. Söder, the founder of Discoculia Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome Dr. Söder. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. We have some interesting links this week. There's uh, all kind of interesting information. Let's quickly go to the first one. It seems that the United Kingdom is now getting very serious about the kids' timetables. What's going on with these guys? Well, well, actually, in 2016, the BBC already reported that uh, testing in UK schools in an automatic way online... Uh, would start at the age of 11, but now uh, here's new information, and uh, that says that uh, from 2019, the UK is planning to introduce tests on timetables for uh, all nine-year-olds. That is amazing. Yeah. Now, uh, they are keen on numeracy in the UK. They've really moved forward over the last uh, decade, and this is a part of it. And the thing that is slightly worrying is that they mention it as a drill, which sounds like road memory learning, which is not always the preferred way. So in 2016, they have introduced it already at the age of 11, that they need uh, students need to know their timetables by heart, and so this is now being um, introduced also for a younger age, mm-hmm. age nine. They have had uh, a lot of success with their focus on this part of numeracy, and the number of uh, pupils meeting the required standard in math at age eleven rose from seventy nine percent. I think that was 2010, to 87% last year. So that's pretty good. Now, however, uh, more than uh, 74, 75,000 children were still below uh, the expected standard. And they have introduced an online test mm-hmm. that will immediately give the scoring. So it's easier for, stu- for uh, teachers to uh, uh, apply this. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, pupils need to answer uh, the multiplication questions in a timed fashion. Mm. Now, um, this will that reeks after a time test, after a drill mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, this will work for most students. Yeah. But for pupils with dyscalculia, this mm. seems yeah. to be a really troubling ap- approach if they do not get uh, that extra instruction that is linked to understanding and. Uh, additional uh, time to prevent that they fail and and still develop anxiety. Yeah, right, right. But it's good that they uh, that they have a focus on uh, on uh, on numeracy. It's well intended, but it's not a great situation for our focus uh, group potentially. Now the next uh, link is about the lack of funding for Discoculia research. How bad is the situation? Well, the situation is pretty dire, and um, just giving. Um, 
your ideas or your feelings about it is not so important and you probably realize that I'm a number person so we need to see um, what the, the money really uh, says here because it's it's money that talks now yeah. uh, I was reading this bulletin and it's uh, the learning uh, difficulties journal from Australia and and Williams reports here she comments on the on the really astounding difference between research fund, uh, funding for dyslexia and dyscalculia and it was uh, also based on uh, data um, gathered by Butterworth, Pharma and Loridart, so from the UK. Okay. But they uh, give data here from the National Institute of Health and um, that says that since 2000 over a hundred million, to, to be precise, 107 million, right. was uh, spent in the United States uh, for dyslexia research. Okay. And now you may guess how much they have spent on dyscalculia research. Well, we know that the prevalence of the two conditions is the same. I would say, you know, maybe 90 million. Maybe half. Maybe half. Well, closer to... 2% of that, 2.3 million. 2.3 million? Yeah, so it's one fiftieth, one fiftieth of the funding for uh, dyslexia. And this apparent lack of awareness and action may have really, really dire consequences for, well, for both the individuals, but also for our community, because we're, we're lacking behind here. It is amazing, it is amazing. Your, your work is certainly not done yet. The next link uh, is asking the question, is it dyscalculia or is it anxiety? And how, how can you tell? Well, in this article from Reader's Digest, uh, they make the point that many children struggle with math, but that some actually may have dyscalculia. And they go on to describe telltale signs of dyscalculia. And they have uh, broken it down by school type, starting from preschool through high school. And this is a really uh, a handy short guide for parents and, and, and teachers. Um, and, and it's also, it's an easy read, it's very clear. Um, it's important that parents review these signs and ensure that if their children uh, have these signs, that they, they get detected. And... If there is dyscalculia, that they will be uh, screened and, and, um, and tested as early as possible so they can get remediation. Now, really good initiative from Reader's Digest, um, where they also quote work from Daniel Sardi uh, and the Understood organization that we also link um, a link to uh, pretty Oh, that's often. included in the, uh, in the yes, article? Yes, yes, yes. It's included okay. in, in the article. Solid, solid uh, information. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on the website DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now, the, the next link is a funny one. It talks about uh, dyscalculia and photography. So how, do, how does that relate? Uh, well, mean, everybody the, can pull out their smartphone and hit that camera button and get Yes, and that's exactly and, what this lady uh, did for, for five years. I think she uh, said in her stories, Tosca Killeran, um, a lady who 
once got a really nice uh, Nikon camera, but she also had this Coquilia. And uh, when they started to talk about um, all the numbers that you use for photography, um, she was confused and never bothered to uh, take the camera off the auto function. <laughs> okay. So it was like a snapshot camera. Yeah. So, or or she used her, uh, her cell phone. Now, this happened until she got involved in a workshop where they taught her how to handle it. Now, the teacher of the workshop used a method referred to as the zone of proximal development, which would sound really familiar for for educators. It's it's a famous uh, concept that we uh, we uh, are used to work with. It is the difference uh, that that area between what a learner can already do without help and what she just cannot do but we can with a little bit of scaffolding make it happen so that specific zone is um, important for learning and then this whole concept was introduced by a, a soviet uh, psychologist um, Lev Vygotsky during during uh, the last few years of his life and after doing a lot of uh, research in the area and this is also about the zone of proximate development, or ZPD. That spot is hard to find. Mm -hmm. But if you have a sensitive, well-meaning um, well educator, teacher, mm -hmm. who is able to locate exactly that sweet spot of learning and starts giving information right on that level, learning takes place. Okay. And this is what happened in her, um, in her photography course. And it had an impact on her. And now, um, yeah, she, she's really able to, um, to use this. And okay. practice it and not going over it too quickly. Wow, that's amazing! It's a it's a good uh, it's a good story, and and this is a, so she just needed some support to uh, to learn how to use the yes, camera. Yes, support, but also on the right level and in the right um, in the right speed, in the right. right rate, and that is one of the things that we also um, often emphasize. Um, Teachers need to have patience with those yeah. uh, and work those in the students. children's space. Yeah. Work in the student's space. Absolutely. Yes. Well, let's look at our last link. It is called "Oh, the Memories." Yeah, um, it's surprisingly it's at the website of um, supplements, but that's not the focus here. Um, it's an article by John Haythorn, and he refers to a book by Daniel Schachter. Uh, a famous psychologist who studied memory, and I think he actually had a New York Times uh, bestseller, uh, The Seven Sins of Memory, I think it was, uh, back in 2000 or 2002, something. It's a little bit older, but it's still a very interesting book. And so this article was also written a while ago, but updated for new content recently so we were happy to link to it again and he makes some points about our memory that will surprise most of us first of all memory fades over time well that is um, 
That is an, a, a known fact. Now also, memory is absent-minded. You remember something and then you forget it again. Mm-hmm. Also, memories are altered when recalled. Ah, yeah, That's important. That. And, and this is why judges do not totally rely on we- we- eyewitnesses anymore. Yeah, that's a known fact. Yeah, definitely. And um, another point he makes, and that's really important for, for our learning, learning things by rote is difficult. And I've made that point already many times. Mm-hmm. Um, if you learn something by rote, it's kind of hanging in the air. It's just a, a loose, not connected uh, fact. So... He makes the point that with all these issues, our memories can have, we can take advantage of the many ways we can remember things. And that might be just writing them down, snapping pictures, make audio recordings, setting reminders on our smartphone, and uh, creating visual prompts, just, just a post-it mm-hmm. note, and associating things with imagery. And that is where math comes in. If you do a, um, a visual representation of uh, numbers that you use in a question, or if you use a visual organizer, if you use actual objects and tools that you can touch, you um, associate number work with images and imagery, and, and that is um, that's very beneficial. Now, even, uh, even though our memories are flawed, <clears throat> Sorry, they're all so phenomenal. And and the fact that we can remember anything at all is, is actually astonishing. I'm, I'm yes. astonished every day. Every day, the minute I get older, I'm still surprised how much <laughs> I can still remember. With that, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for your insight. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com. You can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook, and she maintains boards both on Pinterest and on Flipboard. And she runs five free webinars, and they repeat every week. And all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you or one of your loved ones has discoculia, you can do the free discoculia screener on our website in the left navigation panel, discoculiaservices.com. Or when you need a more comprehensive math and discoculia screening test, you can go to discoculiatesting.com. Finally, Dr. Schroeder's ebooks are available on Amazon and you can find the link on shop.discoculiaservices.com or go to Amazon and search for Dr. Schroeder. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.